It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the show, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on this Film Review Monday edition. What did we learn after re-watching the Washington State win for BYU? The Cougars actually jumped back into the top 25, surprising your host here. We'll talk about that. And, of course, we'll do a weekend recap, catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports, including women's soccer and women's volleyball continuing to just absolutely pulverize their opposition. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show and let's get into it right away. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 25th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, powered by KSL Sports as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day every day. Our goal here, my goal here, is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans out there. And the way to do that is to join us every single day. So if you have not done so already, please make sure you hit that follow button on whichever podcast provider you happen to listen to your podcasts on. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. So thank you once again for your support. Now, this podcast is technically the Monday podcast, but I release them on Sunday because I don't believe in making you guys wait after I have rewatched the games. We call them our Film Review Mondays for the BYU football program, and sure feels better to be talking about a win than a loss after the last two weeks. BYU is now 6-2. They are 4-0 versus the Pac-12, and one thing I missed, and this is something that is notable, is that BYU, for the first time in program history, has beaten four Power 5 opponents in the same season. They've played a number of Power 5 teams during this independent era that's lasted just over a decade. Nonetheless, BYU now 6-2, and and I said on our postcast edition of the podcast, I posted late Saturday night, that I didn't think BYU would jump back into the top 25. Well, color me wrong, because BYU is ranked number 25 in the newest Associated Press poll that was released earlier on Sunday cool to see the Cougars still getting respect. I think this is a team, speaking of BYU, I can't. I have no way of quantifying this, but I think BYU is a team that the national writers like. Uh, I don't know how to say that other than that. I think there's just, there's something about BYU that the national writers out there, they just like the Cougars. So if BYU's winning, they're going to reward the Cougars. And we saw that by them jumping back into the top 25, ranked number 25 this week. And if you go out and beat Virginia, which by the way, thanks to our friends at betonline.ag, BYU currently a two and a half point favorite over over the Cavaliers this Saturday. We'll keep an eye on that line as it continues throughout the week, see what the money comes in on on either side or whatever happens. But nonetheless, 
Looking forward to seeing how BYU does, but good to see the Cougars back in the top 25. They are, among others, receiving votes in the coaches' poll, if you believe in kind of extrapolating that poll, looking at the overall amounts of votes. BYU would be, I guess, 26, the one spot outside the top 25 in the coaches' poll. So after two losses, BYU drops out of the top 25. You win a close one, you jump right back in. So good to see for the Cougars getting that respect from the nationwide media and Hopefully it continues, and hopefully BYU can keep it up as they go up against Virginia this week. Looking forward to that. Uh, BYU did get 44 votes to get into the top 25. Crazy enough, they are a long ways behind Coastal Carolina, who was beat for the first time this past week by Appalachian State. So the nemesis of BYU from 2020, Coastal Carolina, just one spot in front of the Cougars. But if you keep winning, if you're BYU, you're going to stay in the top 25 for the rest of the season. That is pretty apparent at this point. Now, what did I take away from the game against Washington State? I went back, rewatched the game as I typically do on Sundays after the games, and I learned quite a bit of things. I, I think that uh, BYU, actually, one thing I want to say right off the top is I was actually fairly critical of BYU's tackling in the game against Washington State. And rewatching the game, let me get this out of the way first, rewatching the Washington State game, I actually thought BYU's tackling as a whole was significantly improved based on what I had seen against Baylor and Boise State. I said last week on the podcast that BYU's coaching staff really ripped into these players, saying that if you guys want to be the type of team you want to be, you've got to play with more desire. You've got to play with more tenacity. You've got to just play with more want to. I saw that against Washington State. That was a positive sign. They got absolutely pulverized by Baylor, and it looked like a team that did not want to be in Waco when they took on the Bears. Well, they went to Pullman, and they were very much the team that was the aggressor, and I really liked that. Yes, it was a two-point victory. It was a close game, but this was a much better effort from BYU top to bottom. I'm talking from offensive line to defensive line to Tyler Algiers' heroics to Jaron Hall making plays with his feet. He looks as healthy as he's looked in weeks. Overall, it was a much better game, and the tackling on the defensive side of the football, I thought, from BYU was much improved. I thought guys were wrapping up. Uh, live, I actually thought BYU was missing quite a few tackles. Rewatching it, they actually didn't miss all that many, and when they did miss one, it seemed like there were one or two or three guys right there on the spot to re-engage that would-be uh, offensive threat to get him to the ground. So... Credit to BYU's defense. They responded the right way. They were absolutely ripped to shreds by Kalani Satake and his staff, and you expected, okay, how are they going to respond to this? I felt like they responded the right way. Now, things I liked in this game. On the defensive side of the football, I think Malik Moore is becoming the premier safety for BYU. Of course, he did drop the two uh, would-be interceptions in the second half, and I liked his tweet, by the way. I retweeted it at Locked On Cougars on Twitter if you want to see it. He said, drop all your jokes about dropping passes right now. After today, we're not talking about it again. I'm telling you, Malik Moore was very, very good in this game. Very good in coverage, coming up and making plays in the run game. I thought he proved that he is taking over as kind of the guy in the defensive backfield who's that quote-unquote quarterback back there, calling out coverages, signaling to guys, making sure they're all on the same page. I like what I'm seeing from him. It was a cool wrinkle to see Jacob Robinson dropped back to play safety alongside him. But the thing I have question marks about is why Chaz Ayu seemingly has been put into a reserve role at linebacker. He played maybe half the snaps it felt like for BYU, maybe less than that as a reserve linebacker. Why not reinsert him into the defensive backfield and play him at safety? 
That's my question, because I think Chaz is a very good football player. He's not set out to be a middle linebacker, and I'm glad BYU got away from that. They went with a traditional three linebacker set. Their starting linebackers in the game against Washington State were Max Tooley, Peyton Wilgar, and Ben Bywater. All three of them very talented players, all three of them traditional linebackers, and I think it very much helped BYU in that 3-3 dime look, the 3-3-5 dime look they went with, be a lot stronger against the run. I'm glad BYU recognized that Chaz Ayu is not the answer at middle linebacker. That's difficult to say because I know that Chaz has been a very good football player, but I was as stunned as anybody that if you're going to put him into a reserve role at linebacker, why not put him back into the 11-man rotation at safety? He is a very, very good football player. I don't get why they did that. Maybe they just felt like it was a chance for somebody else to play. And one guy who stood out playing that nickelback role that Jacob Robinson vacated with his move to playing safety was Jacob Boren. Uh, Jacob Boren is a native of Salt Lake City, Utah. I looked up his bio and played at Highland High School. He's a sophomore, five foot nine, 180 pounds. Very impressed with Jacob Boren's outing. Tied for the team high in tackles. I thought he was very good in coverage. Was he beat a couple of times? Absolutely. I think every player out there, when you play football, is going to get beat. But I thought that Jacob Boren did some good things out there and had a very nice game. And I expect that he'll continue to see his playing time increase cool thing is, is he's yet another walk-on who has found success with BYU. I know some people out there claim that BYU is relying too much on walk-ons. Well, if a walk-on can play and play effectively like Boren did against a Power 5 opponent, I don't care the caliber of the opponent. Washington State, they're not a top-level Power 5 team. But if you can play effectively, why not get that guy on the field? I actually really liked what I saw from Boren. So, Props to him. Props to him for stepping up in a new role for him as a starting nickelback for the BYU offense. And here's hoping that he continues to build on that. But I still believe that Chaz Ayu is a good enough football player to be a starting caliber safety. Why would you stick him into a, res- a reserve role and lock him in at a reserve role at linebacker when you could have him potentially starting at safety for you? I don't know, but that's just my question mark. That's one thing on the defense. We'll get to more of my thoughts on this. I've got plenty more notes we need to touch on. We'll get to those momentarily. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Prize Picks. A really cool concept here. If you guys like daily fantasy, Prize Picks is the place to go, especially if you like to play college daily fantasy, because Prize Picks, they've got the most. Uh, options for you guys when it comes to college sports, especially college football. They offer more props than anybody in the world and they offer all the players from the Power 5 as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of that you can have some fun with. They offer any prop you can think of, yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And the best part is you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projected numbers and you can win up to ten times back on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers. Right now you can go to prizepicks.com and when you make your first deposit, you can use the promo code Locked On to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Once again, use that promo code Locked On to get that deposit match. Also, if you like other sports besides just college football, they have NBA, MLB, NFL. They've got it all for you guys. They allow mixed sport entries and the best part about it all, your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. You're not having to spend hours seemingly glossing over things and trying to figure out the right lineup for your guys. That's what I love about Prize Picks. So give it a shot, folks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use that promo code locked on for that 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your app store and download the app today to get started there. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. NCAA tournament is almost here, and 
listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. And thank you once again for joining us here on a Film Review Monday. BYU moves to 6-2, and two, now ranked number 25 after beating Washington State 21-19. And they now begin preparations to welcome Bronco Mendenhall and the Virginia Cavaliers to Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday night. 8-15 kickoff on ESPN2. So the late night on what most people will be celebrating Halloween. So get your trick-or-treating done early and then get on your horse and get down to Provo to watch the Cougars and the Cavs square off. Now, what else did I take away from this game against Washington State? I think that Pepe Tanuvasa is one of BYU's best defenders. I really think he is a fantastic football player. The problem is for Pepe is he's too small to be a traditional defensive end. He doesn't have the measurables to be a defensive end, but he's also probably a step slow to be a linebacker at an effective level here at the FBS level, the pseudo power five level that BYU is competing at and soon to be a power five level as a member of the Big 12. What he's effective at doing is being that tweener who is very effective in the role created for him by BYU. Against a team like Washington State, you can put him out there on the edge as part of that three-man alignment and have him just come after the quarterback. I like his role. The problem is when you go up against more traditional teams, I'm thinking of Baylor, I'm thinking of Boise State, well, they'll do more of a traditional look and more of a traditional offense. That's where Pepe struggles. Like I said, he's not big enough to play the traditional defensive end slot, but also a little slow to play linebacker. So is he going to be a bit player and in certain games he'll stand out? Other ones will seemingly disappear? Yeah, absolutely. I also like that BYU uh, did a good job just along the overall trench warfare aspect, both offensively and defensively. The guys in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, they needed to play with more energy. They needed to play with more of a swagger. They needed to be more of a team that just wanted to bring it to the opponents. They did that. I liked their effort level. They seemingly disappeared and kind of cowered away from Baylor. I think they got a little intimidated against Boise State, and that carried over to that Baylor game. I think they refound themselves, found that courage, the cowardly lion phrase there, and they played much better in this game. Unfortunate to see James Empey leave in the second quarter of that game. I saw him get rolled up on the previous, uh, a few plays before he ultimately left the game, but then he was on crutches, so... I'm not 100% certain what happened with MP, but it was described as a lower leg injury. He had ice on his ankle. He was on crutches most of the rest of the game. I'm hoping that it's not a long-term injury for him. Unfortunately for Gunnar Romney, he got the same type of injury it looked like as he did against Arizona as Tyler Algier was running the ball out to the edge, out to the perimeter, and Gunnar Romney engaged with a blocker, gets rolled up into from behind again. Let's hope that it's not a long recovery because he came back pretty quick from the injury against Arizona. But, man, it's unfortunate for Gunnar Romney to suffer essentially the same type of injury, uh, what, six games apart? Just crazy stuff. No, eight games apart. But nonetheless, it's just unfortunate. I'm hoping that he's back promptly onto the field. Max Tooley also left this game seemingly with a bum shoulder. And I had a person up there in uh, Corvallis, not Corvallis, that's where Utah played, up in Pullman, excuse me, uh, tell me that Puka Nakua said after the game he actually injured his finger. And I wonder if he injured his hand or injured his finger 
on the touchdown, uh, he actually had a pass where he did kind of an inside-out route concept, had a chance to almost get to a touchdown pass from Jaron Hall in the third quarter there, about nine minutes and 53 seconds to go, if I recall where, where the clock was, and he seemingly came up favoring his hand there. I wonder if, if that was the injury there, but he did not get any targets in this game, and I think the hand injury or whatever it ended up being might have been a reason why, but the hope is that it's nothing long-term, and I would expect that he'll, he'll be okay. It seemed like he wasn't necessarily any worse for the wear. He was still on the field down to the final snaps of the game. So Puka's a gamer. I can tell you that much. This is a dude who is going to get out there and play at all costs. He did it at the high school level, and I expect he'll continue to do that as he uh, continues on with his BYU career here, and we'll continue to see how everything shakes out for him. But other things I took away from this, I liked BYU's offensive line using the both the wide zone concept that has kind of been their bread and butter in the run game where they kind of step to one side and they just kind of pick up guys as they come offensive line-wise. They also added a pole concept. I think they took it away from both Baylor and Boise State. Guys like Clark Barrington and Joe Tukuafu would pull around to the play side and block that defensive ender who the first player to appear out there on the edge. Very effective scheme. I'm glad to see the BYU decided to mix things up here. And I think it caught uh, Washington State out of alignment multiple times. And it was a good thing to see BYU use because Tyler Algier, folks, absolutely legendary performance. He carried BYU to the victory in the second half. He had uh, going into the final drive. So BYU got the ball back with four minutes and 14 seconds to go in this game. They're up two after they stopped the two-point conversion. And by the way, Jacob Boren, who I mentioned a little earlier on in today's show, that dude deserves all the props in the world for blowing that play up. He came down following the play, but then recovered nicely to force Lincoln Victor to have to just dump the ball into the end zone, hoping that somebody would come up with it. Jacob Boren saved that two-point conversion from actually happening. Very, very well done by him. But going into that final drive, up by two, BYU needed a drive to put this game away. It's kind of been the formula for success for BYU. Keep it close, get the lead, and then grind out a long drive to kill the clock and win the game. I know it's not a sexy way to win games, but it's effective. And Tyler Algier going into that final drive, he had a total of 25 carries for 140 yards and two touchdowns. Great numbers, no doubt about it. But what did he do on that final drive to seal the win for BYU? Seven carries, 51 yards, an average of 7.2 yards per carry. And what does he do? He seals the win on third and seven with a nine-yard run right up the gut to tear the heart out of Washington State and win it. What a legendary performance for Tyler Algier. This dude is a throwback to bygone eras of football where a running back seemingly just would carry a team on his back to a victory. That's what Tyler Algier is doing this year, folks. He is a treat to watch. It's so much fun to see him do his thing and really, really liked what I saw from him. Now, final two notes for you guys is that uh, Jaden Delora was very, very good, I thought, by and large, for Washington State. BYU is more than content to sit back, play zone cloud coverage over the top, and allow him to attack at the uh, check down and intermediate level, and but never give up the big play. The one thing about Jaden Delora in this game, yes, he hurt BYU when they did bring blitzes. He seemingly scrambled or found a guy wide open for a pass to hurt BYU on those blitzes. But the one thing about Jaden Delora, his deep ball was horrendous. Overthrowing, underthrowing, just everywhere and anywhere other than right on his wide receiver. I'm going to say this once. Jaden Delora threw the ball like some fans on social media would have you believe that Jaron Hall throws the deep ball for BYU. 
Jaron Hall does not have a bad deep ball, folks. He delivers the ball accurately by and large. Jaden Delora, he is the guy that some BYU fans who have this axe to grind against Jaron Hall and want Baylor Romney to be the guy. Jaden Delora was the guy on his deep ball in this game against BYU that those fans would have you believe Jaron Hall is. Jaron Hall is not Jaden Delora. Let's be very, very clear about that. But a good win all the same for BYU. Good to see them get back into the win column, regain some swagger, and now they get back to preparations for taking on Virginia this coming week at home. It's nice to come back home off of a two-game road trip and be 1-1, one and one, obviously, especially considering you had a two-game losing streak as you uh, – we're coming into this game against Washington State. But by and large, I thought a pretty solid performance for BYU, and a win is a win is a win. So there you go. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk a little bit more about the weekend that was and other BYU sports, women's volleyball, women's soccer, getting the job done, men's golf having a decent showing out there in California. We'll touch on all of that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Absolutely love this company. They've been an absolutely great partner of ours, but more importantly, a great partner of BYU Football's. Nick Greer, the CEO of the Built Brand Company and his company have signed name, image, and likeness agreements with the BYU Football Program, giving all members of the BYU Football Program, walk-ons and scholarship players alike, cash money for being brand ambassadors for the Built Brand Companies. Now, if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are the one that's missing out. They are my absolutely favorite protein bars that I have ever had. They're not chalky. They're not waxy. They're not the ones you have to choke down with a gallon of milk seemingly like most protein bars it seems like out there. What I love about Built Bars is they're soft and easy to chew. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're absolutely delicious and they taste as close to a uh, uh, not, not, they don't taste as close to a candy bar as you will find in the protein bar game. The best part is they've got so many different flavors out there and right now this month Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. They're getting on the website and then they disappear. So you want to check back often at built.com to see what flavors are up there. The best part is they've got at least 10, 11, 12 different flavors you can pick from on any given day. The best part about it also, Built Bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. All of the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So give it a shot, my friends. Get to Built.com and right now use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Support BYU football players by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at All Guard Pest Control. Seth and the team are the best of the best when it comes to the pest control game. Whether it's residential or commercial pest control services that you need, they have got you covered. they got the manpower, the know-how, the expertise, and the professionalism to make sure you guys have all of your problems taken care of. I can speak to it personally because they've been taking care of my home for the better part of three years now. I have thrown multiple things at them. I had a mice problem. I had wasp problems. I've had spider problems, ant problems. Problems, you name it, I probably have had it. They've handled all of them. And the best part is I have not experienced a recurrence of those issues that I can recall. So it's a fantastic product based in Utah County. So it's a local company you can support. Seth and his team are big BYU fans to boot. They'd love nothing more than to talk to Cougars with you while you're talking about the pest control services they're going to offer to you as well. Get to their website. That's allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S.com. Or give them a call. 801 801- 
801-851-1812. As I said, they are the best of the best when it comes to the pest control game. They will make sure you are taken care of and make sure that if the, anything pops back up, they'll make sure that they get it taken care of the second time. But I'm going to venture a guess based on my experience, they'll take care of it the first time. So once again, that's allguardpestcontrols.com or give them that call 801-851-1812 and make sure to tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you give them that call. All right, folks, before we go on this Monday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports. We'll start off with the number eight ranked BYU women's volleyball team. They absolutely clobbered number 21 San Diego in a clean sweep, 25-17, 25-13, 25-13 at the Smith Fieldhouse Friday night. Just absolute obliteration of the Toreros. Cougars are now 19-1 and in the season, 9-0 and in the West Coast Conference. Kenzie Korber had 17 kills. The senior graduate transfer from the University of Utah, absolutely getting it done. Really, really fun to see. BYU remains at home this coming Thursday as they welcome San Francisco to the Smith Fieldhouse. 7 o'clock Mountain Time is the time that that match is scheduled to start. It will be broadcast on BYU TV. If you have not watched this women's volleyball team in action, I would encourage you to take advantage of the opportunity. They are absolutely lights out. So much fun to watch. Number 12, BYU Women's Soccer also kept their winning ways going, beating LMU 2-0 on a chilly Saturday night at Southfield. Cougars now remain undefeated in West Coast Conference play themselves. They're 11-3-1 on the season, 6-0 in the WCC. They're now the only remaining undefeated team in the conference, setting up a massive matchup when they travel to Santa Clara, the defending national champions on the road. That'll be next Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 2 o'clock Mountain time. That match will be broadcast live on the WCC network. There'll also be a radio call on the BYU Sports Network, BYU BYU Radio 107.9 FM, also streaming on the BYU Cougars app. Huge, huge match. BYU can really stake claim to being the best team in the WCC with a win against the Broncos this coming Saturday. Now, final notes for you guys here is BYU men's golf had a fifth-place finish at the Stockton Invitational. They posted a two-over-par two final round to finish the visit Stockton Invitational, fifth at 19 under par on Saturday. Wow, a lot of teams going low if BYU finished fifth at 19 under. Washington State took home the team victory, shooting 8-16, uh, for the 54-hole event, St. Mary's was one shot short, finished with an 8-17 team total. Then San Jose State and rival Utah took third and fourth, respectively, and then the Cougars checking in just after that. Cole Ponich led the way for BYU, shooting seven under par overall. He finished in a tie for 10th, marking his second top 15 finish of the season. BYU as a team will be up next, uh, competing next, excuse me, in the St. Mary's Invitational at Poppy Hills Golf Course in Pebble Beach, California. That'll be from November 8th to the 10th. Going to start getting cold here along the Wasatch Front, but no better time to get over to the Bay Area and compete at Poppy Hills. So best luck to men's golf as they gear up for that St. Mary's Invitational coming up here in a couple of weeks. BYU Baseball rounded out their fall exhibition schedule, the two-game home-and-home series with the University of Utah with a 13-3 demolition of the Utes at uh, uh, Miller Field on Saturday. So good to see the men's baseball program enjoying some success this fall. Hopefully it carries over to the spring season as they get ready 
for that. They'll spend the winter, obviously, in the cages in Provo and working out on the turf field they've installed there at Miller Field. That has actually been a big advantage to them being able to practice actually outside when the weather permits during the cold weather months. So something to keep an eye on. BYU Baseball hoping to have a good run this coming spring and obviously we'll get you ready for that as it gets closer throughout the upcoming winter. And then finally, men's women's track and field handed out their Pugsley Awards over the weekend. The men's Pugsley Award and men's outdoor track top performer went to Connor Mance. He finished 5th and 8th respectively in the 5,000 and 10,000 meter finals of the U.S. Olympic trials this past spring. He also was the national runner-up in the men's 10,000 meters of the NCAA Outdoor Championships. Unfortunate he couldn't win the national championship. He is also uh, the winner. He's actually the individual national champion in men's cross country and hoping to repeat that this fall here in a few weeks when they go to the national championships. And on the women's side of things, the women's Pugsley Award winner. This is the top athlete for the men's and women's track and field team. It went to the indoor top track performer, Courtney Wayman. She won the national championship in the 3,000 meters with a time of 4 minutes, 8.53 seconds. The NCAA track and field championships, of course, earning first team All-American honors. She also earned first team All-American honors as a member of the National Championship Distance Medley Relay Team that took first place at the Indoor Championships as well. So congratulations to both Connor Mance and Courtney Wayment. A number of other track and field athletes were honored with different awards. You actually can go uh, to BYU's website, BYUcougars.com read up on them. Other athletes uh, honored included Anna Camp Bennett, Zach McWhorter, Lucas Bonds. So some of the other big names in track and field that you may be aware of were award. You can go check that out once again at BYUcougars.com. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of Locked on Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Coming up on tomorrow's Tuesday edition, we'll recap what we learned from BYU media availability, Kalani Sitake's weekly press conference. We'll get you up to speed on everything he has to say about facing off against Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia. His takeaways after re-watching the film himself from that win over Washington State. We'll have that all for you guys on tomorrow's show. But I want to encourage you guys now to go make your second listen. Our friends over at Locked On Big 12, Josh Neighbors does a great job getting you caught up on everything going on in the conference in 30 minutes or less. Check it out. It's free and available on all podcasting platforms just like this show is. So check that out here momentarily. All right, that is going to do it for today's show. Once again, hope you all are doing great out there in Cougar Nation and you have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 25th, 2021. And we will catch you guys tomorrow. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day